Three shots, four part, I just do two. One pup, pop four, birdie, woohoo. New driver, info, replace, M2, pop five, fairway, what you fin do? Think I'll try to get on into start right, good line, good view, it drew. Shoot him, McGavin, two thumbs that's up high and two. On the Screws podcast presented by Manscaped. We'll do it again here, Jordan. We're going through again, man. Uh, OTS Golf, 20% off plus free shipping. You guys have the slogan, Go Balls Out. So if you are, use the crop preserver from the Ultra Premium Collection at manscaped.com, 20% off plus free shipping if you use the promo code OTS Golf. Jordan from Odin Golf, how are you, man? What's up, Mac? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to have you all the way from Berlin, Germany. Um, what's So you're in the afternoon, late afternoon, like around dinner time now, right? Yeah, six hours ahead of you, Eastern yeah. Time. And um, it's kind of crazy. So I grew up in Northern California and relatively straightforward from kind of daylight time. Um, but here it's cool because it gets dark, like especially now at like 10.30 p.m. Okay. We're about, I think we're about even with New York about that. Yeah. Um, so we're at the spot where, I mean, twilight golf or bust, right? Yeah, I guess so. So what time are you able to kind of get up and tee it up in the morning? So we usually do after work, like we'll go like 6.30, 7, and you can get 18 in um, for the most part. Right. But like when the sun comes up, what time is it there? It's like three thirty four. Oh it, wow! Okay, which which is kind of detrim- detrimental to the sleep. Yeah, uh, if you ask me. But um, you really have to like I I'm still trying to figure out like how to black out the place so that um, I've got I, some of those daylight. IKEA blackout blinds. I've had those before. That's why they've got those over in those uh in those areas. I guess right. Yeah, for sure. So those are those are super helpful, and um, yeah, it's great for for golf morning and and after work time. As we're recording here, yesterday was the uh, longest day of the year here. So they had like a play fifty four percent over or uh, event over at uh, TPC where you you go out and play all three tracks there, which is pretty cool. Uh, fifty four holes in a day is a lot. But um, were you? Do you know Riverside, Jordan? Where are you from? Like over uh, in California. Rivers- Riverside, California. Yeah, 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 I do know Riverside. Yeah, close by where you were. I'm wearing the hat of uh, our friend Chris's custom gloves. Friend of the body's been on before. I think he might actually come on in the near future. Um, that's whose hat I've got on today, and he's from Riverside. So that's uh, I don't know. It's kind of cool. How everybody's connected, but uh, we were we that's were chatting right. a little bit. You're over in Germany, so um, they got a. You guys have like a passport to golf over there. Yeah, you need a license to golf over here, which coming from California, one of the big golf meccas, I moved here 10 years ago. And when I was trying to figure out how to how to play golf and asking around, I got a lot of I still to this day get a lot of weird looks. Because when I when you tell people you play golf here, it's like, well, you're not 65 years old and retired and right. Uh, and that kind of thing. So it's, it's a very different vibe over here. People play and are like are very serious about it. But one of the things that I, I was kind of mind-boggling was they said, hey, you need like a license to golf here. You need to go through a whole course and checklist. Like if you're going to go take a driving test, there's someone making sure, hey, can you parallel yeah. park? Can you do this, do that? And it's the same thing. There's someone following you with a golf cart essentially to see if you can pick up a club and hit it and and not shit the bed essentially. That's so bizarre, I, man. That's such a bizarre concept. It was super bizarre. I basically like flipped on the bird. I was like, like, no, you're not, I'm not going to take, take a test for this. And I think I told them, I was like, oh yeah, I'm a member of Pebble beach. Like it's all good. And obviously not. And there's no membership or anything there, but I mean, shit, who cares? Right. Yeah. I, I, it, it, so it's, it was weird. Like 
for us, Canada, North America, like North America in general, and a lot of other places, you just pick up a club and especially during COVID, um, like the barrier kind of cracked open even more so. So it's, it's still funny to this day. And for us, we have two HQs. So Berlin is HQ one where we do all design and engineering of the balls and the products and the stuff down the line. And then HQ two is in California. Um, so it's kind of cool to get the parachute back and forth, uh, you know, depending on what we're working on. Yeah, because I was like, as we were kind of talking about it, going through it, and like you think of Germany, you think of like Bernhard Longer, like right away, and you know, it sounds like you have to, I don't know, be that good to play golf over there, but maybe not. So, like, I was out golfing with a good buddy, of mine, Thomas. I think he listens to the pod now and again, but uh, yeah, he probably like I don't know what the handicap would be there, but he probably wouldn't have made the cut. And but we still play the round in like three and a half hours, right? So it's it's all about like for me, it's all about speed. I don't really care what you look like on the course. If you step in my putting line, I'm not going to be very upset about it. It's not going to change if the ball goes in the hole for me or not. Um, I understand there's like certain etiquettes if you're playing in certain you know clubs or events or tournaments or whatever it is. But like if you're just trying to get out and play around with your buddies and have a good time, like you got to be followed around by. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Follow around by somebody kind of taking your score, making sure that you can play. I get like, I don't know, like the more we talked about it, it was kind of like, it doesn't promote like any speed or anything in the game either, right? It kind of like really drags it on and really drags the rounds on, right? So for sure. Very, yeah, it, very strange concept. Yeah, it's funny. There, there's the license thing, which the culture here like is amazing in many ways. There's every culture has their quirks and nuances the people that I talk to that go through it, I guess everyone has gone through it except me to an extent um, are incredibly proud about it, getting it like it's like we would at 16 years old or 15 and a half getting a permit, depending on which state you're in or yeah. Know, like I'm Canada. skipping school to go get my license that morning. I'm like, you're going to you know. cruise around w- w- with the crew, uh, you know, get into shenanigans anyway. So the people were incredibly proud but I can't tell you how many people speaking to what you said, lack the pace of play, the yeah. general etiquette, the cognizance of, Hey, there's people waiting on the hole or I'm walking in a line or fixing a ball mark. Or I've had numerous occasions where people will pick my ball up or, or hit my ball and I'll like catch them like in, in broad daylight. Yeah. So there's, there's that that's missing. I, I get that can happen anywhere but it just seems like the sample size just keeps comp- compounding every time I kind of run into people. So I, I kind of like chuckle about it and don't take it too seriously because at the same time I'm living here uh, as an expat. Um, and it, that's part of one, many of the reasons why I wanted to move here to experience new cultures and languages yeah. and how people do things like we would do in this case, it's golf, which is, is fascinating in its own way. Um, and so for you in Canada, we've talked a little bit about this, I imagine it's the same, similar to the U.S. There's music on the course. There's people wearing hoodies, maybe jeans, uh, yeah. having a couple of pops, uh, you know, turning up hole 19, that sort of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I play down right on the water, like where I am here in Ontario, Canada. There's six courses right on the water. I'm lucky enough to be at one of them. And like, I was playing rounds. It was like minus two Celsius at the start of the year. Like I'm down there in a hoodie and a coat or whatever it is. Like I, it's still, if it's cold, I'm wearing one right now. The clubs are pretty good about it. They just want it to be like, like clean, you know, like as long as it looks decent, um, you know, fix your ball marks, that kind of stuff. It's important to take care of our courses too, right? People forget about that with co- like public courses that, you know, so I usually walk around, fill a couple, fill a couple divots or whatever, a couple pitch marks and 
yeah, that's kind of how the game goes and just try and keep it going fast. Right. That's the main thing. Like even yesterday I played 12 holes in like a little over an hour. Like it's, you mm-hmm. know, you can just kind of roll through and I still shot a couple over, like I was like two over, I think at the time. So, um, Bryce wouldn't like to hear that because he would tell me to finish out the round if I'm that close to even, but, uh, I have not shot even par. So, uh, been close, but yeah, that's, um, that's one of the things that he would be, uh, he would tell me like finish that out. And Bryce is like a little bit more, uh, for the rules always like keeps a scorecard. I could care less like half the time. Like it doesn't matter to me. Like I just like to kind of play the game and try and do different things. Like I'm always trying to like, you know, hit a big slinger or something like that. I hit the ball pretty far off the tee. Bryce hits it a lot further than I do off the tee. Uh, you yeah. know, like, like I can hit like a 310 yard drive and he's still out driving me every time. So, um, just kind of like fun, find little game, like games within the game. Right. And find ways to enjoy it. Part of that is like playing music and stuff like that. Like, why not? Right. But, uh, Jordan, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's, uh, what's up with you? Like how do you, before Odin golf, what was going on with you? So I, I grew up in Northern California, uh, in the SFA area. So kind of was exposed to high tech and startups and that kind of whole scene right. through my entire life, uh, until moving to Berlin. And at a very young age, like was literally getting my hands dirty, like running neighborhood mower businesses and driving old people around to their dates and, and old Toyota Camrys, uh, which was super fascinating. Got a ton of stories there. And when I was 12, I started a DJ business. I was in a neighborhood with a couple other older kids that had a rap group and produced hip hop music. So I was making beats at a young age and then kind of incubated this DJ business until age 22 and expanded it to California, throughout California and Arizona as well. Um, Would do everything from weddings, dances, parties, fashion shows, you name it, I was doing it. And then retired basically at age 22 when I moved to Berlin. <laughs> That's so cool, man. Like, yeah, I just packed it in at the age of 22 and sold the business and <laughs> moved on. But so you moved over to Berlin. You're like in the tech industry now, right? That was the idea. Yeah. So I, I went to school at ASU uh, in Arizona, which is one of the other big golf meccas and uh, home to uh, nearby the Wasted Management Open, uh, which is an institution. Absolutely. Um, I'm sure everyone saw the, the, all the dunks uh, and all the drinks fly in and um, every, crazy every year, Super Bowl weekend. Um, so that was a blast. Yeah. Sam Ryder. And was it Sam Ryder, Harry Higgs there, like ripping the shirts off and stuff or Joel, Joel Damon, but Sam Ryder was the one who hit the hole in one that uh, everybody's kind of throwing the cans on. I've got a yeah. buddy who went to ASU too. So I don't, uh, that I went to high school with, I don't keep in touch with him too much anymore, but uh, be a nice spot, man. Definitely be a nice spot to play golf down there too. Oh man, it's, uh, I mean, going to school and having that whole atmosphere was, and I was running the DJ business there too. So that was fun, like getting access to all these, you know, crazy parties and That's awesome, no shortage, no shortages of pool parties and stuff. So that, that was a wild time. And then, uh, my, and I played water polo for the university there. And, uh, basically my third year, I did a semester in Italy and I'm Sicilian by background. So I was like, let's get in touch with the roots and meet some long distance cousins and all that. And I played with a water polo team in Rome and basically was drinking Negronis all day and eating Catre Pepe and was like, (laughs) well, holy smokes, like I'm in love with Europe. Like, why am I not here full time? So I went back uh, to Arizona and then I said, as soon as I finish university, I want to move to Europe and, and being from the Bay area over the high tech scene, I wanted to work in tech. 
And Berlin was kind of the obvious choice. And it was similar to how I grew up in San Francisco, like very eclectic, very open, uh, multicultural food, music, art, etc. Um, and just kind of a cool vibe in Berlin, like we call is grungy, but sexy. And it's very, the, the history is super fascinating. The DDR era, well, even way before that, you know, through, through the, the, you know, the different wars and all the, you know, the, the good times and the bad times. And, um, and so it was basically like, I'm going to move to Berlin. And I ended up talking my way into a job over here, uh, which was a wild ride for a company called Delivery Hero, which uh, is now the largest food ordering platform. And I think in Canada, it, it you may have seen Foodora. It's like yeah. food ordering. Yeah, you may have known. So that that was like part of the brand. And um, it's in eight, everywhere except the U.S. essentially. And I uh, basically led the mobile app development. So the development of the mobile app for the UK brand. So it was, I think it was 10 million people a month were using it. And we used to call them hangry users, like hungry and angry. Yeah. Um, which is like the hardest people to build a product for in a lot of ways. Um, I, I can't tell you how many uh, customer care calls that I would sit in on and just get chewed out. Like, I mean, you imagine like you're, you're famished and your food is late. Like there, I think there's no, there's like very few emotions that someone could have that, that would rival something like that. So uh, in a way it was like a baptism by fire. Like once you go through <laughs> that, you're like, shit, I can do anything. Right. Yeah, man. Um, of course. So yeah, totally. So I, I did that. And then, um, and then by happenstance, so you know, living in Berlin, I'm always on the hunt for like, who's golfing, like golf, like a lot of the courses are outside the city. They're a little bit harder to get to. They're very expensive. So I happened to meet a couple people also in the tech scene here. Uh, one of them I worked with and we kind of started this local game here with expats and some locals as well in Berlin and kind of started that. And four of us of that group who now are four of us, uh, the founding team of Odin, we were on the course one day and we're not amazing golfers. We're, I think, 12, between 12 and 25 between us. So not amazing, but like like you and Bryce, it's just like you're out there having fun, uh, pursuit of the perfect strike, in your case, pursuit of the perfect dunk. Yeah. Um, and we were playing one day, and we're not having a great round. We're donating to the forest, to the lake, just really just shit in the bed there. Right? And we looked at each other and we're like, well, we're having a terrible day, but why aren't we losing our own golf balls? Like, yeah, why donating to the, it's an Odin, the golf god, man. Old, yeah. They're stuffy. Yeah. That's, that's right, man. That's right. And we were losing these balls and we're like, well, we should be losing our own balls because we're losing golf balls of brands that are old, they're stuffy. And they don't speak to us as the next generation of golfers. Right. In our case, the digital natives, like people who are consuming golf in a multitude of ways beyond the course, even Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, think about all the different watering holes. So that was kind of the seed crystal of the idea for Odin. And the four of us, given that we built and scaled these tech companies, we said, well, we want to take Odin to golfers across the globe so we it really morphed into this large vision of hey we want to be the tech platform for the everyday golfer not only a place where you can get your course essentials the golf balls the gear kind of what we're doing now but also this digital experience to really gamify your course experience and earn and 
um, have a platform for betting and then for leagues to build and grow their leagues and do leaderboards with their members. And there's a multitude of things that we want to do for the everyday golfer. And we always say what the old stuffy incumbent brands did for the PGA tour, we're doing for everyone else, essentially the everyday golfer, which is majority of the market. So that was kind of the origin story. And then for Odin, the name we said, well, shit, we're in Europe. We're starting it here. We need to pay homage to the European motherland. So Odin being the Nordic God of wisdom, um, and we have two Germans on the team, one Brit, and then myself, the, the token expat with all the terrible jokes. So we said, well, let's do Odin. Like it's very bold. It's, it's, it fits in with our brand, go balls out always, the colors, the splashes of the box. And then actually, if you Google Odin, uh, not the, um, Avengers Odin, but the, the traditional painting of Odin, he actually has this giant staff and it's like a giant putter. So we're like, well, this is kind of a match made in heaven, if you ask us. Yeah. Now, one of the guys is doing your digital work too, right? That's right. Big Phil, uh, who's on the team, incredibly talented guy. And we we said, look, we, as you know, there's no shortage of consumer choice when it comes to golf stuff. Apps, apparel, balls, gear, course, clubs, yeah. you name it. There, there's golf involved. So we said, if we're going to do this, we need to be incredibly intentional about you know, 50, 100 Xing the customer experience and figuring out like what's the wedge that we want to carve out in the market from a brand, from a, a, a customer experience standpoint, from a, a, a brand ethos and vibe standpoint. And we said, we're going to do this all ourselves and, and really take, take it and go the distance. And, and with the design and with the, you know, the boxes down to the detail, like we wanted it to be on like unboxing an iPhone, like a matte box feeling nice, very cool, very unique, um, something that would resonate with the customers who Phil did an amazing job kind of going through that process of what is the, the customer experience like, and how do we build value for them on a daily basis? So there's, there's four of you in total, right? Who are the, there's big Phil. I like that big Phil. Uh, who are the other big two guys? Phil. We got Jordan here on the call. Yeah. Uh, big Phil, Christoph and James JB. Um, okay. and, uh, they're the, they're in Berlin and then, um, I, yeah, I, like I said, I go to the U.S. a lot because we're, we're just focused on the U.S. market for now. And that's where our community is and our ambassadors and, and, and various partners as well. So right. it's, it's, it's kind of cool in that, especially for the digital stuff, like it's super cool with, with you and Bryce, for example. Like you're not terribly far away from a plane ride standpoint, but you're sitting in different places and you're, you incubated this pod during COVID, which is incredible and it's growing and getting a lot of excitement from the community and, and you guys are doing amazing stuff, having people like us on giving everyone a platform to kind of tell their story. So Thank you, man. it's, it's cool that we're able to do this in our skivvies essentially. Right. In a yeah. Lot of ways. Yeah. Like it's, it's kind of nice to just be able to hop on a call and like connect and like, I'm, I'm down in my recording space here in like our little studio. I'm wearing a pair of shorts. I got no socks on right now. You know, I got a hoodie yeah. on and a hat. It's, uh, it's pretty cool, yeah. man. Easy to just hop on here a call and chat about golf, right? I'm surrounded by golf stuff here, which is pretty cool. I get a putting mat and everything around. So just, uh, yeah, I thought it was like kind of cool that you guys were all able to come together, kind of build the brand too, right? That's the idea. I started this and then Bryce hopped on shortly after and you guys divided at all. Like Bryce will be the first one to, uh, first one to admit that, uh, we don't have much of a division. Bryce is like a hop on a call, add in the uh, 
you know, the details during the call and kind of his personality. And then he's, he's out, man. So it's, uh, no, do you guys, uh, do you guys like break it up and, and, or do you kind of take everything, divide and conquer or everybody's a, a little bit good at everything, you know? Well, it, what's funny about an early stage startup like us, 99% of the stuff we do isn't necessarily glamorous. Uh, although mm. we get that a lot, like, Oh, you guys are just golfing all day. And I'm like, that is part of it, but I am you know, sitting in an office chair and, you know, we do everything from supply chain down to cleaning toilets, you know, everything in between. Right. Yeah. And for us, I think it's, it's really great. The strength of the team and kind of how we were incredibly simpatico from day one. We first off, like we've kind of been around the block. We've seen different scenarios and different company types. And the four of us come from a consumer tech background. So we had a very common ground from that regard, in addition to the golf thing. And it's also very cool, which makes it very interesting, is we're from different geographies. We have Christoph and Big Phil, we're from Germany. And um, although they've spent a lot of time in the U.S. and they're very uh, well-traveled and speak perfect English and all that, so they're very well-cultured and westernized. Um, and James uh, from the U.K., which has a very strong golf culture, and then myself from the U.S. So it comes together with very good perspectives. And I imagine that's the same with you and Bryce is you have perspectives on how you grew up playing, how you play the type of style of, of golf. You play your experience. Like you said, Bryce is loves putting the score down on the scorecard. Whereas you like, just want to go out, have some fun. If you get an ACE, like you'll cool. take it. And yeah. then if not cool too. Right. So that's kind of the vibe that we have, which is, I think is very cool. Well, yeah, I'll start around. And if I'm like, yeah, just if I don't have it, like I'm not going to worry about a scorecard. I don't care. Right. It doesn't matter to me. If I got it, great. I'll I'll write it down. If I lose at any point, it doesn't matter to me. If I'm playing like even par through 10 and I got to leave, it doesn't matter to me either. I don't think about what would have happened, what could have happened. I just like play the game like pretty, pretty uh, laid back. So does Bryce, mind you. And we're both like people that are trying to like take risks, enjoy the game, like I won't remember if I shoot like, you know, 75. I think I had a 73 last year, 74, a couple like decent scores. I won't like, I don't remember what happened through those rounds. Like I remember making an eagle though. Like that's what I remember is making an eagle when I shot a 73. Like that's right. That's the kind of stuff that we remember in the game. I think a lot of people resonate with that, that are kind of coming into the game. Nobody wants to remember if they're like learning the game and shooting 104, right? Like you want to try to kind of take some of the good shots away from that round. And like, I think part of that is like being creative. I was talking to a friend of mine, they were saying, Oh, like I'm a little bit handsy with the, with the golf club or whatever. Right? And I was saying, I'm pretty handsy too. Like, I just like want to hit a like killer flop shot or something like that. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, it's hard. I've been playing the game for a long time though. So it's hard to say to a new golfer, like, Oh, that's okay. Because you probably should get the club a little closer to body treat it like a pendulum, kind of like a putt, just hit it up there close and try and make a putt or whatever it is. Right. Where I'm like, a degenerate like golfer thinking I can hit a flop shot from 20 yards every single time. And I'll pull it off one time and I'll remember that. Otherwise, you know, it's okay. If I thin it and it goes on the other side of the green, maybe I'll get up and down from there. It doesn't bother me too much. Right. So I think that's kind of how the culture of the game is going. And I think that's, you know, I'm never going to be on tour. There's some really good players who have been on the podcast here who are never going to be on tour. And it's, uh, it's just kind of the idea of it, right? And I think if we all kind of keep the game like respectable, fast, you know, keep it pretty tidy, I think we'll have a good time playing, right? So what would be, I wanted to ask you, like, I don't mean to roll it back that far, but what would be the average round of golf over there in Germany, Jordan? Like how much so would it cost? For, 
Yeah, for a normal mini course, like the mini course that we play, it's okay. And it's the style of there's um, there's a big 18, there's like a, uh, a I think a six hole course, and then okay. there's a nine hole course. So that's like a, yeah, and then I think they have another three and they have a range. So it's like a full complex kind of deal. And it's one of those courses where you can play across fairways, um, which I think I'm similar to Bryce and that we like to take the scenic route uh, yeah. in a lot of ways. Me too. So, um, oh yeah, for sure. It's so I, for 18, we pay, uh, 75 euro, which is, I think around 82 us dollar. And then I, the Canadian conversion, you'd have to help me with that. Yeah. Um, By euros, it's um, not quite two to one. I think it's like 1.7 or something like that. So you're going to be paying 125 bucks or so to play around a golf there. Canadian dollars, and then yeah, yeah, a little bit, uh, a right. little bit less in the U.S. market. But yeah, that, that's like what Bryce was saying. It's quite a bit cheaper to play in the states than it is to even play here. Like some of the nice courses here. Um, like I think my course the other mm-hmm. day with a cart. Would that include like a cart? The uh, or are you guys walking for the most part? Most people walk uh, at least at the course. I we usually play here. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, it's so so you're saying yeah, so you guys are paying a lot for for the courses you're playing at. Yeah, like I think it it can be anywhere from like 100 to 200 bucks for like a really nice course Canadian dollars, right? So it's not cheap here either. So if you can get a membership and whatnot, play the same course for the year if you don't mind that, like I you know, you can get your money's worth. Other than that, mm-hmm. like golf is not a cheap sport and I think that that's one of the things that I don't know, there's a bit of a problem there. Like you said, it's kind of like an old stuffy sport. It's uh need some work, man. This game needs some work. And that's kind of the idea of like the podcast connect with a bunch of people, create a new wave. Right. And that's sort of what you guys are doing at Olden golf as well. Um, can we talk a little bit? Can we do, um, like the lineup, what you guys got in the lineup, you guys got the two ball. Have you released the third ball yet? Uh, we just have the two balls out and we launched last summer, um, the X ball and, uh, the X one ball last December right? and the XS balls coming out later this year. And we said okay, like cool. at the beginning, look, given we're building for the everyday golfer, we kind of want to hit like all the player types. And that's what we did. We spent nine months testing out different ball types and, different shot types and it was also good for us were different types of players and different swing speeds so we really kind of cover all the bases and that was kind of the thinking for it as we said like we want to give people what they would normally get and even better in a lot of cases from kind of the traditional brand um and we like to say reload without the guilt like we you know there, there's no reason why you should be thinking about like I, I need to put another ball on play like put another ball in play, like reload. It's cool. Like, and, and that's again, the impetus for Odin, like we were losing a lot and right. we wanted to put our own in play without uh, denting the wallet kind of thing. Man, I had that come up the other day. So I actually, again, I've had two near aces on the, I almost had one again last night on the exact same <laughs> yeah. hole. So there's something about this hole. We were talking the other day and I told you I had a near one when I was out with some of my buddies, I almost dunked it. So and that's the same hole that I made a hole in one in like a month ago. So I just got a good mojo going with that hole. Something, uh, something with that hole and I aligned. But um, I was saying to them, they yeah. were like, "Oh, I." One of them was like, "Oh, I'm gonna play like a Kirkland or something. You can get a Kirkland for like a buck a ball or less mm-hmm. here, and they're actually like a decent golf ball. They just chew up a little bit fast." Yeah. And I said, "Oh no, like not a chance. Like I'm not putting that in my ball rack. Like I got it up above me here, and I was like, yeah. if I if I if I make one." 
I don't want that to be the ball going to my rack. I want it to be like the the ball I play, right? Whether it be an Odin ball or I play Shrix on right now or whatever. You don't want to like, you just never know what's coming when you play golf, right? Like, yeah. and they were like, oh, I wouldn't care or whatever. And I just said, well, I don't know if I'd care either, but I'd preferred it to be like something that I can kind of look back on and have a memory and not some like chewed up, like dirty old ba- like ball from my bag, right? So yeah, um, that's kind of the idea. I'm looking at the prices here. The Odin X, these are US dollars, 17 bucks for a dozen? Yeah, yeah, these are US dollars and um and then the the X one is $34.99. Right. So I guess one of them's a uh like the the X one's a bit more like a player's ball, I guess, right? Yeah, it's kind of an all-arounder, plays like a Pro V1 tour RBX and and uh kind of hits all the notes. And then the X ball, uh Big Phil actually to bring him back, he's like a like Bryce, like a power hitter, like hits the shit out of the ball. Yeah. And we were testing, we said, we want to do a ball that is kind of more for the price sensitive golfer gives. And usually they look for like a, like a lot of distance in the ball yeah. too. And we said, well, it's incredibly important that it's not like hitting a rock. So we actually put a softer core in the middle of that. So you actually do get some good control and a, and a little bit of spin out of that plus the distance. So that was kind of the thought process on that ball and kind of how we tested it and and again, like we said, again, there's no shortage of consumer choice here for, especially with balls, there's hundreds of ball companies, but we said like the thought process behind it and the way we speak to you as a customer is not overly technical or, or extravagant. It's just like brass tacks, this is what you're getting. And um, this is kind of, as we say in tech speak, this is the job to be done by you. You want to get distance. You want to have a little bit of control. You want it to feel good. So like, that's kind of how we thought about it. Well, it sounds like too, like what you guys are trying to appeal to the consumer would be an experience too. Like, it's not just uh like, why am I going to choose an Odin ball over a Srixon, right? Like, or mm-hmm. a Titleist or TaylorMade or whatever it may be. And it's like, you kind of said, it's like a space that you can get into. Like you guys have a community, um, you're trying to develop something that's a little bit different, which I kind of want to get into too as well. You guys are like in the web three space with the NFTs and stuff we've had. This is episode 86 and we've only talked about NFTs one time and like they're pretty prominent. They're pretty like big in the world away from the golf scene right now. So I'm, yeah. I'm uh, it's kind of cool that people are starting to kind of get into this space and, and blend the two and make more of like a community. I saw Bryson has a couple NFTs like, and with his NFT, you were able to like get around a golf instead of like uh Cobra irons and stuff like that. So he's able to like, kind of, I don't know, make it like a, make it like a whole package, I guess, to get that digital artwork. Right. And I think it's a lot for people to understand like what a digital piece is and, like I've heard it so many times, like only one person owns a Mona Lisa, right? You can take a photo of it, but only one person owns a Mona Lisa. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. If I get a Odin NFT, like I, I, I would own that space or that piece of, you know, the brand, right? And mm-hmm. other people can screenshot it. They can do whatever they want. They can use that photo and that's cool. But like that piece is, is mine, right? And then I become like part of your community with that, correct? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, totally. And and for us, like while we do have a lot of overlap with with many companies who do balls and they do gear, again, we kind of viewed it as like this is an experience that you walk into, like a 360 golf experience beyond getting darts and getting hats and getting merch and that sort of thing. Right. And so the impetus for the NFT thing was super fascinating. So and- before we started Odin, we said, given we're building for the everyday golfer online offline value 
we actually want everyday golfers in our community and our customer base to actually own a piece of Odin, like own a piece of the business, like a piece of stock in the company. And the U.S. has a lot of strict accreditation in Canada to an extent as well, has a lot of strict laws around owning pieces of, of startups and they're incredibly risky. They don't often pan out. So you have to have a certain amount of net worth and there's a lot of red tape around it. So we said, let's park that idea. And we didn't want to do a crowdfunding campaign because it wasn't really our, our vibe. Fast forward to January of this year, Web3 NFTs have started to really take off and become more into the zeitgeist of, of kind of technology and adoption. And we said, well, actually, the NFT is an incredibly compelling vehicle for us to use to engage our community and our customers on a whole other level. And the analogy we use is it's Phil Knight of Nike in the 70s going to his community and saying, hey, I'm selling shoes out of my trunk. I have a couple runners at University of Oregon. You all are brand loyalists. I'm launching these, these Nike founding member NFTs that you can buy now and be a part of the brand and grow with the brand over time. And imagine what a Nike founding member NFT would be worth today and, and someone who kind of believed in the brand over time as an early community. And, uh, and like we were talking about with Bryce, like it's the, it's the, uh, Wayne Gretzky rookie card, like right. running that before, before he hit it big. And, uh, that's obviously a physical collectible and the NFT is a digital collectible, um, in a sense. And so, so that was kind of how we thought about it. And we said, well, actually given, and we found this out very quickly, the golf world, while there's some technology flowing through it, it's still incredibly early with Web3 and NFTs and future of, of future ownership and equity and utility. And it's like we figured out it's like iPhone 1 and everyone still wants their BlackBerry keys and their Palm Pilot beaming. And it's very early on the technology adopter curve. Um, and we found that out very quickly. And we said, well, this is a way for us to really kind of pioneer, be a pioneer in golf and also in Web3. So we want to be able to handhold and get people into this. And we put together guides and videos and with the different leagues and different partners that we did custom NFTs for, we said, like, here's what a digital wallet is. Here's how to buy an NFT. Here's how it works. Like we were very handholding and very clear and we were met with a lot of skepticism and like, oh, this, this, is this real? Like, what is this? But once they got over the initial hurdle, they're like, oh, this is actually incredibly exciting. This is the future of digital consumption. This is the future of golf. And, you know, we want to be a part of it. So I think it, it was a, an incredible learning experience at the same time when you do that, when, you, when you're at the forefront of something, there's also like a ton of education to be done and there will be skepticism. And obviously now with the market and there's a lot of dunking going on on this world, I think rightly so, there's always a correction with these sort of stuff and there's sure. nefarious actors, of course, with the new technology. But we're incredibly optimistic and ambitious with it. And it's also cool that we've seen other people are too. And I know we've talked about it. You, you've kind of checked it out and uh, Snowman Golf, I think you've had on before, which is doing super cool stuff too. I think they're, they're delving into it as well. Um, yeah. So it's not a matter of, I think it's, it's not a matter of, is this thing real? It's just kind of when, and with technologies like this, you know, it takes time. I mean, think again, think about the iPhone, like a lot of people didn't adopt to like iPhone three or four when it had a good camera and there were more apps and, 
Um, the other thing, which is super cool, which fits into this type of technology is there's always external factors that come into play and think about, again, to use the iPhone example, there were, were a lot of mobile games. There were things like Uber, food delivery, people on demand, groceries to an extent. So and Spotify. So people started to dive into this because it was consumed in a different way than was before uh, ordering a taxi, ordering a, you know, a takeaway curry or a chicken katsu, right? Yeah, I think like we kind of forget that where we used to have all these, um, you know, we used to have essentially like a picture that say like hung on the wall or whatever it may have been like a hardware piece, like a, you know, where we've been moving towards software for so long, right? If you can use those as like two analogies that eventually we're not really even going to have those hard where pieces like we're not going to have like an actual photo or a book or anything like that like there'll be a day where we don't have those things anymore and it'll be all these digital pieces and you know next time we have jordan one of the founders of odin golf on the podcast we'll probably be playing golf in the metaverse or something i don't know man so <laughs> it'll be uh you know it's one of those things where um you know you're some people are kind of like delayed to the idea of it. I was actually talking to a friend of mine the other day and I was like, Oh, I didn't send up or set up a Facebook profile when Facebook came out. I was like, Oh no, that's like whatever Facebook. And finally, eventually like a year later, a friend of mine, she was like, Mac, you need to have like a, a Facebook profile. So she like built me one. And then I think like months later, I finally logged on and then, you know, Facebook <laughs> becomes ad and social media. And it's kind of like, yeah. you know, and you think of like how we got connected it was through obviously through Instagram and and like the digital space, right? So I think it's kind of cool that you guys are, and I know Snowman was like looking to get into it. They do a lot of apparel and between you and Snowman have like the two coolest platforms of logos and like Big Phil does the logoing. He like, he does it a phenomenal job. You guys have the coolest, uh, coolest looking logos out there. But um, I think that it's something that, you know, a lot of people are going to be interested in the community, right? I think it's going to be a different access point for people to go check out. It's going to be kind of a unique space to go, you know, if you're kind of into that digital space to go be a part of the Odin community, right? So I think uh, what you guys are doing is pretty cool. It's pretty cool, Jordan. It's uh, it's interesting. It's unique. And, and it's not just like a physical golf ball. And then you guys will probably be the first one to develop the first golf ball in the meta space or something like that metaverse. So I don't know. It'll be cool. <laughs> Say, yeah, yeah, I it's mean, a different world I mean, that no, we're talking about, but <laughs> for sure, yeah, no idea is crazy in our camp. And, and one of the things now, what you just mentioned, which is I think the most exciting part, is bringing an existing community that's growing into this world and building even more value on top of just stuff they need on course, darts, and hats, and towels, and shit, right? So, what we're thinking about now is the Odin play to earn experience. So you open up the Odin app and while you play golf, you can actually earn. And we're going to be doing an Odin token that you can use for when you play, you earn depending on your score and your amount of steps and that sort of thing. And then you can use that to buy stuff on the platform, use for betting, use for sharing. And then leagues can do that, run their tournaments through Odin. So it's like this whole ecosystem that we're thinking about and starting to build out now um, and I think it's it's cool because it's something that we know we're already playing golf. There's an existing behavior there. We want to make it as frictionless as possible because I think one of the big insights that we have, I don't know if you've ever used golf apps before, but there, there's a ton of features and there's a lot of friction to using a phone on a course because in a lot of, of ways, you just want to go out there have some fun with friends and you don't really want to get into the digital space. So we're what we're doing now is, 
how to make it so you can actually get value out of the digital experience without needing the labor intensiveness of having to fill stuff out and entering info and that sort of thing. So I think there's like a multitude of examples and use cases. And you mentioned like the kind of the virtual setting, like playing golf uh, with a headset on um, or having a chip golf ball and having that tied to an NFT, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so it's, it's, it's like the possibilities are endless and you're like, this is what keeps us up at night amongst many other things of running a business. Um, that's uh, incredibly difficult. Like most days are like lows, but like with the startup, like the highs are like in incredible. Like there's nothing like if with the lows, there's also nothing, nothing like that as well. So, and I imagine too, you with the, with the, a newborn, like sleep is uh, the, the stuff that you can do to an extent on lack of sleep. But at some point, like, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're um, you know, we're getting older and, you know, it just, it gets harder and harder, right? Yeah, luckily I function without too much, but I think, uh, I don't know, it could be a tough spot for people if they require a lot of sleep having a newborn. I'm thinking too, like as we're talking here, Jordan, I'm thinking about this, like, I think I saw it on Zyre Golf, this guy in the airport with a VR set playing golf the other day. Yeah, <laughs> like it was, it was right. pretty funny, but uh, that's just kind of how the world's going, right? Like the younger yeah, generation yeah. kind of wants things more digital. And I think that it's kind of cool to, uh, I've tried to keep up with it because like I said, I've got a son, he's young, he's nine months old. I'm going to have to understand what all this stuff is one day. So I try to, you know, keep myself uh, up to date on it. Bryce, Bryce is like not into it at all. Like, but I think of, uh, I think of like the content aspect and, and, you know, you're talking about like the, the convenience aspect, of not having to have your phone on the course and stuff like that, or whatever it may be. And whatever you guys are trying to develop for the user experience. And the other day I picked up a, it's called a G pod. So it, um, essentially is a stake that sticks in the ground iPhone 13 Pro Max is the one that I'm using right now. Mm -hmm. And you can literally just pop it on. There is some magic that goes in there into that. Of course, it's a magnet. I was uh, telling my buddies about it and they're like, Mac, it's a magnet. I was like, yeah, but like you can't, you can't affix an iPhone 11 to it without putting like a sticker on the back of your phone. So with this certain phone, they found a way to just kind of get it to fit, you know, sit there. So it takes no, no point or no time at all. I just pop it in the ground, turn the video on and it's good to go. It takes me like four seconds, right? So, um, trying to create some content and stuff for the page as well. Right. And, uh, that's yeah. kind of the idea is like, we all want the most, uh, convenient user experience. And if we're, I don't know, we're finding like people are falling in love with the game. Right. So if you're really mm -hmm. into like NFTs and stuff like that, and you can go to the Odin platform and, you know, blend the two things, why not? Right. I think that's a, a great opportunity mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I think that was, the, the example you just gave for a use case for a content creator like yourselves of, hey, I want to be able to take some footage on the course. And it, it, it you wouldn't believe, I mean, people yeah, like you don't want to pull out like a tribe, you don't want to pull out a tripod and take up video on the course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're like undoing all these legs, trying to like set yeah, it up. Totally. And then, yeah. Or so you like get to a point where. Play. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So um, I think there's like tons of use cases on the course for like problems to be solved, which is super cool. And that, and that's, I think why you're saying this renaissance of, of golf uh, consumer choice, especially, you know, with something like that, who four or five years ago, you wouldn't really think of that because yes, there was Instagram and Snapchat and that sort of thing, but the lens of how golf was viewed and consumed changed and that brought in a new wave of opportunities and use cases and pains attached to those things. So that's like the beauty of the technology too. It's so fast moving now 
there used to be Moore's law, which computer power, uh, competing power would double every 18 months. Now it's like even faster, I think, was what they're saying. So, um, and that's what you're seeing with the Web3 space. That's what you're seeing with Instagram, TikTok, and the Zyrgoff example, the guy playing VR in the airport, trying to yeah. kill time for during a layover, right? Um, so it's it's cool. It's it's cool to be you know in this wave and building in this wave, and it, it will be completely different in, from a year from now and a couple of years from now. Um, but I think like the way we think about it is you have to kind of bob and weave too to an extent. Of course. Um, and especially consumers are so fickle and it's always on, you know, whether it's a song or a food delivery or a, a, a scooter or uh, a Netflix show. So it's, you kind of have to keep those things in mind when you build in a lot of ways too, like now consumer, <clears throat> consumers expect like really well-designed things because they're buying iPhones that are impeccable products and AirPods and uh, laptops and iPads, that sort of thing. So yeah, it's fascinating to be building in it. Um, at the same time, it's incredibly difficult to, to capture a consumer and keep them most importantly. Is there, uh, is there anything that you guys are working on developing right now? I guess this is like a forever developing program really, or uh, platform. Um, anything that you guys have like in the works that you're trying to, uh, to put into play in the next little while that you can share, or if it's top secret, that's okay. Yeah. Like I said, we're, we're working out the kind of the app first version of the app play to earn experience. So you open it up and you play what you earn. And then of course, you know, expanding the golf balls, getting the, into more people's hands, the brand growing the community. So it's pretty like we have North star aspirational things balancing with kind of short, medium term. And like myself and I think the rest of the guys, we always kind of struggle with it because when you set out to build something, you have a vision for it. You kind of want to have stuff like it's so exciting. You want to get it out there and get it in people's hands, but it's really a brick by brick, lot, very long journey, five to 10 plus year endeavor. And we're very small, we're scrappy, limited resources, champagne tastes on a beer budget to an extent. And some things we just have to, you know, we have to just kind of push off a little bit. Um, but the good news is like, if you can get excitement and a lot of people in the mix being around your hoop and other people's hoops, you know, good things can come from that, uh, which is good. Cause we've seen the other side where we're, you know, we're trying to sell a bag of sand that is, is a good bag of sand, but like no one wants it or um, it, it like the, it's a vitamin, not a painkiller. Uh, kind of thing. Like what I had that with my last company, like spent four years, just nose of the grind. And it was solving like a, in, like a hair on fire problem, but the product was a vitamin. Like people said, this is great, but it doesn't really put the fire out of my head. Of um, and that was like a huge insight, right? Like, like if we're going to, you know, with Odin too, like you learn all those things, those arrows on your back and you kind of bring into the mix here. Um, and for like a startup too, you kind of need a bunch of things to online. You need like a very good team, market timing, very good product. And you also need to set yourself up to do things and execute. You'll learn a lot along the way and you'll put yourself up to, you know, hit those opportunities as well to an extent. 
And that's why I love like what, what you guys are doing. You said, look, there's an opportunity here. We're at home. We love golf. We want to talk at the con the the swag and you know the community around on the screws, right? Yeah, that's that's kind of the idea, right? Is to just sort of build a golf community and chat with a bunch of people and it's kinda of cool we've been able to chat with you. I think we're losing your Berlin, Germany uh internet a little bit there, Jordan, but uh it's it's kind of one of those things, man, where it's like the idea is to connect with as many people in the community as we can and chat golf, and it's just stayed to be a consistent thing. We we drop an episode every Friday. We're on episode 86 now. I don't think we've missed a week along the way, and it's been a lot of fun, man, just to meet a lot of new people and just uh, just kind of build it up, right? If you're interested in just kind of learning a little bit more about Odin Golf, you can uh, scroll down if you're in the car, kind of listening to the uh, on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, whatever it is. Wait till you stop, scroll down below and just uh, click a couple, a couple of the links, check them out. Jordan, really appreciate you taking the time. And I know, uh, you know, different were six hours apart or so. So I appreciate you taking some time and kind of explaining the brand to us, how you guys got started. Super fascinating to me. So I'm sure we'll be back in touch and have you back on in the future. Everything will be changing daily with you guys. So we'll be able to have a fresh conversation again the next time uh, you're available. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. And uh, great work to you and Bryce as well. And, and thank you as well for all that you do for the community, you know, having people on and telling their stories and having that as a platform and uh, yeah excited for you guys and what you're building next and uh, being able to help and support you guys too awesome man thank you so much he's out in my ball and of course i tee up i lose a ball and i re-up i miss the fairway i probably end up in the ocean or maybe the beach and i'm on a part five and i'm finna go reach it second was blind i see it feel like it might be an average i was working scenario